Coming up on the 414 Sports Podcast, we're talking Major League Baseball, we've got NBA news, we've got things happening within the NFL, and we can't get away from it. Of course, we're talking about the brawl that took place on Sunday in Madison. All that's coming up today on the 414 Sports Podcast. Let's go. But instead, it's the 414 Sports Podcast, and it starts right now. I said this is the 414 Sports Podcast. I'm Don Wachillis. Thank you so much for logging in, whether you've done so on Apple, Spotify, Google, or any of the other five platforms that we currently reside on. We are happy to have you with us on this Tuesday, February 22nd, as we are airing this particular podcast. A lot going on in the world of sports. Obviously, today, on this Tuesday, It's Franchise Tag Day in the NFL. So we'll talk about the Packers and the potential of seeing their starting and leading wide receiver being franchise tagged today. We'll get to that in a little bit. There's some news again with regards to Major League Baseball. We're getting closer and closer to seeing the start of the regular season being postponed if these two entities can't get to a table and figure something out. We'll cover that in a moment. We're coming off of the NBA All-Star Game, so the proverbial second half of the season now with regards to the Milwaukee Bucks as they now make a run in trying to repeat as NBA champions. Marquette gave one away on Sunday, and of course, we kick things off today with the brawl in Madison. The Badger brawl, I guess, is as good as we're going to get with that one, and everybody by now I think knows what took place at the end of the Wisconsin game. It was Jawan Howard, who was not a happy camper as the head coach of Michigan, getting into it with Greg Gard of Wisconsin. As both teams, the melee, the pushing and shoving, but it would be when Jawan Howard, now I've heard a number of different explanations into what he did, but he threw a punch, albeit open-handed. You know, I heard someone say, well, he mushed him in the face. Whatever you want to do it, he had to throw that hand to get into Krabenhoff's face, and that's exactly what he did. And now we find out last night that the Big Ten has suspended Juwan Howard for the remainder of the regular season, and I thought it was the right move. The only thing I would have done in addition to that is I would have automatically put Michigan as the bottom seed when it comes to the Big Ten tournament, regardless of what records are. I would have sunk them right down to the bottom of the tournament, not, shall we say, banning them. I, I, that I wasn't looking for. That that's The kids that are out there, they were following the lead of their head coach. I'm not faulting the kids whatsoever. And I say kids, they're young men. 
but they're a whole lot younger than me, so I sometimes refer to them as kids. But the young men were following the lead of their head coach. Unfortunately, their head coach put the team in a really, really bad position. So let's quickly recap things. With about 15 seconds left, Michigan still with its starters in the game. You know, Juwan Howard didn't want to call it a press, but it's exactly what it was. They were trapping in the backcourt five kids who rarely get off the bench for Wisconsin, and it was causing turnovers, and they were getting a couple of eh, junk baskets from it and still trailing the way they were. So at some point, with about 15 seconds left, and there's four seconds to go after one of the Wisconsin players loses his shoe, Greg Gard calls timeout. Well, that didn't sit well with Jawan Howard. Jawan Howard spent most of the timeout just glaring over at the Wisconsin bench. So when the game ended, you knew something was up. Jawan Howard was not in the front of the handshake line. He walked to the back, apparently having to collect himself. A number of things. So once the handshake gets... Juwan Howard says something to Greg Gard. Greg Gard grabs him by the arm, trying to explain. The pushing and shoving takes place, and crowds get together the whole nine yards. You can tell by the suspension that the Big Ten reacted to the punch and nothing else. The way the suspensions were handed out with regards to coaches and players and fines and all of that other stuff, Had they just been mulling one another like it was when it began, there may have been some fines, and then that would have been it. Each coach would have issued an apology. The PR staff would have got to him. End of discussion. It's the punch, and it was the punch, whether it's open-handed, mushing, whatever you want to call it. When Jawan Howard threw hands, that's where the suspension comes from, and that's why you have the discrepancy in the way both coaches were dealt with in the post, afterwards, however you want to say it. And the funny thing is, though, Juwan Howard has a bit of a reputation now when it comes to this. He's the reigning AP Coach of the Year, and yet he's got a little bit of a reputation. So before we get into all of that, let's first hear from Juwan Howard and what he had to say in his postgame presser. Yes, I was. You know, I uh, I didn't like the timeout being called, and I'll be totally honest. But I thought it was, you know, not necessary at that moment, uh, especially being a large lead. Uh, and then for having the timeout uh, be called for three seconds, four seconds to go, um, you know, I thought that that was, you know, what I felt wasn't fair to our guys. So that's that's what happened. So that was Juwan Howard's take on what happened. Not pleased with the fact that Greg Gard called a timeout with 15 seconds left. Now I'm going to let Gard give his side of the story, and then I want to make a comment on the other end and continue this discussion on what took place on Sunday in Madison. So this is Greg Gard, his comments following the game on Sunday. The incident there at the end, uh, and I'll walk you through my um, – my last 15 seconds of the, the game. So we only have four seconds to get the ball across half court. Okay, the official comes over to me and says, Greg, if you take a timeout, you'll get a full 10 seconds. There was 15 seconds on the shot, on the game clock left. 
that I had all the reserves in. I was not going to put them in a position when the ball had already got knocked out of bounds to have to um, break a press in four seconds when they're coming cold off the bench. So I took a timeout, which I'm allowed to do, obviously, and brought them over and tried to get them organized. They haven't all been on the floor in pressure situations before, and I want to give them the best chance to have success coming up the floor and tell them we're not going to shoot the ball. All we're doing is getting the ball, break the pressure, come up, and we'll dribble out the clock. So we got the full 10 seconds uh, to break that press instead of four seconds. So we were on the spot, we got organized, um, and that um, is the situation that he apparently was upset with. So that's Greg Gard's take on the final 15 seconds between Michigan and Wisconsin at Madison. So a couple of things to take on this before we move on to other things. And number one is this. If Michigan, if Juwan Howard wants to run half-court traps with his starters against Wisconsin's backup, backups, I should say, if he wants to do that, if he's trying to tell his kids, listen, we're going to play till that clock hits zeros. We are going to play basketball until the clock hits zero. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that's a valuable lesson to teach your team that no matter what it says on the clock, we're going to continue to fight until it goes to zero. But understand this, if you're going to continue to fight until the clock hits zero, that's what the other team is going to do as well. And so as long as you're going to continue to trap in the half court and in essence prolong the game, which you found upsetting in the first place because of Greg Gard's timeout, that's what's going to happen. So Greg Gard takes the timeout to regroup a bunch of guys who don't have a lot of experience in game situations, guys who probably work really, really hard in practice but don't see a lot of game time, get on the floor, and now are facing your starters in a half-court press? Hello? I mean, you can't be upset. You can be upset your team didn't play well. You can be upset because your team is on the bubble. You can be upset that based on what took place on Sunday and what could potentially take place now with you being suspended for the remainder of the season, that your team potentially is not even going to make the NCAA tournament. You can be upset about that, but you can't be upset because someone called a timeout with 15 seconds to go in the game. It just seemed a little childish. I don't know how else to say it. It just did. And again, nobody suspended if you're not throwing punches. And the thing is, is that at some point in the presser, Juwan Howard said he felt a little threatened by Greg Gard. Well, I can have an issue with that to begin with, but fine, you felt a little threatened. You weren't even near Greg Gard. You had already been removed, so to speak, from the immediacy of the area. Greg Gard had been removed from the immediacy of the area. Assistant coaches had stepped in and doing their job. They're protecting their head coach. They're removing people. They're helping move kids out of the way. It's when you threw the punch, the mush, the open hand, the slap, the claw, whatever you want to call it, when you did that, that's when it got ugly. And that's when things got out of hand. And that's when this thing turned into a brawl. Now, here's the funny thing. 
I'm going to read this. This is from Jawan Howard. I apologize to my team, which I did in the locker room, for my actions. That's not the way how you handle situations like that in adverse moments. Can't let your emotions get the best of you. I'm going to always take ownership when I'm wrong and admit when I'm wrong, so that's not the right way to handle that situation. That really could fit Sunday, but that's from almost a year ago. That apology from Juwan Howard is just shy of a year ago when he essentially got into it with Mark Turgeon, the then head coach at Maryland, in the midst of the Big Ten tournament. In the midst of the Big Ten tournament, when Juwan Howard had to be physically again separated from an opposing coach, and according to the report filed with the Big Ten, yelled at Turgeon, I'll F-bomb kill you. So there's a pattern here. And I didn't feel like, I don't want to be, and I'm still not going to be one of those people who immediately after something happens, we've, we've got to fire them. Just fire them. Just fire them. Everybody's got to be fired. The only time justice is served in, in cases like this, we just have to fire them. Now, I didn't think that was the case. I actually think the Big Ten did the right thing of suspending them from the remainder of the regular season. Now, I told you, for me, I would have also taken Michigan and dropped them, regardless of what their record is, to the bottom of the Big Ten tournament seating. So your first game out, you're playing the number one seat. That would have been the only other thing I think I would have added in this situation. The fact that the Big Ten did not take corrective action last year when he got into it with Turgeon, I think is the reasoning behind the fact that Jawan Howard still has his job today with Michigan. Had the Big Ten taken any sort of corrective action last year with the incident that took place, Jawan Howard may not have his position as of today moving forward. But he does. And now we've got a Badger team that continues to excel. Johnny Davis continues to play unbelievably. Johnny, somebody, somebody needs to, right before the opening tip, figure out a way to get under Jonathan Davis's skin. Because when Jonathan Davis is mad at the world, look out. We've seen it against Indiana. We saw it against Michigan. When he's got an edge to him, when something has irked him, then he really takes his game to another level. You know, there are some people out there who, when you get mad, you get flustered and, and you lose your composure and, and you don't do things you normally would do. Jonathan Davis is just the opposite. When Jonathan Davis gets angry, he almost doubles down on his focus. And he has been one of the huge reasons why, if not the reason why, the Wisconsin Badgers are sitting where they are winding up the Big Ten regular season, heading towards the Big Ten tournament, and now it's not even a guess as to whether or not the Badgers will make it into March Madness. Now the guess is what seed will they get. And the same thing can be said about Marquette. Even though Marquette just choked one away to Creighton 
They just collapsed in the last five minutes on Sunday. And we've said it time and time again, if Marquette can go 40 minutes, they are really, really a good team. Matter of fact, on Fox Sports on Sunday, they were the surprise pick for many on that set as far as a team that could go to the Final Four that not many people are really paying attention to. But Marquette has to play a full 40. They played 35 on Sunday. And then suddenly that last five minutes down the stretch, they made some careless errors that they didn't make in the previous 35 minutes. They played really well for 35 minutes. And then the last five, the errors, the turnovers, the stepping on the end line on an inbounds pass, they happen. They just do. But for a team like Marquette this year that has shown they've got to play a complete 40 because many a times the games that they're a part of are tight and mistakes like that are what cost you and that's what cost them on Sunday against Creighton. And it's a shame we're not spending more time talking about the games. It's, it's a shame that what took place on Sunday absolutely overshadowed the fact that Michael Finley got his jersey retired. It was great to see Michael Finley back in Madison, one of the great players in Badger history and one of the great NBA players of all times. We're not talking about that. We have to be talking about the fact that Juwan Howard mushed somebody in the face or whatever it is you want to call it. But nonetheless, he has been suspended. Greg Gard has been fined. We've got a couple of players on each team, two from uh, Michigan, one from Wisconsin, who have been suspended for one game. And again, all of these suspensions go down to throwing punches. If we're just yelling at each other and pushing each other around and everybody gets separated and, you know, talking talking smack about, oh, wait till the next time we see you, none of this occurs, with the exception of maybe a fine. It's the idea that they threw hands, and that's what the Big Ten reacted to. All right, let's move on from here because it's franchise tag day in the NFL, and all eyes right now are on Green Bay Will they pop the franchise tag on Devontae Adams? We'll talk about it in just a sec. into the NFL, specifically with the Green Bay Packers. Some news and notes with regards to Green Bay here over the last few days. Number one is that over the weekend, it was reported that Tom Clements is going to return back to Green Bay, the 60-year-old retired former quarterback coach in Green Bay, has been pulled out of retirement, and it was all under, I guess, the auspice of, again, the Packers trying to show Aaron Rodgers that they're doing, hopefully, everything possible to secure his services for at least a year or two. And so he had, he being Aaron Rodgers, apparently just an outstanding working relationship with Tom Clements. So the 
68-year-old former quarterback coach is back with a clipboard ready to work with Aaron Rodgers this upcoming season, which now leads us to today. Devontae Adams, the player that the Packers can drop the franchise tag on. Now, we're waiting to see if it will be the franchise tag or will it be the fact that the Packers will announce that they've taken the next step and actually extended Devontae Adams' contract. Either way, whether it's an extension or the franchise tag, expect either one to happen at some point on this Tuesday. Again, another way of saying to Aaron Rodgers, listen, we want to make sure we've got your number one weapon in place for the upcoming year if you choose to come back. And so hopefully now, with franchise tags being out there, we've got free agency coming up shortly, we'll hear sooner than later whether or not Aaron Rodgers will be back in uniform for the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers have gotten out in front of the PR machine, something they did not do last year. They're showing the world they are willing to put things in place to make Aaron Rodgers comfortable, to make him happy, to put him in a situation where he'll want to be back in Green Bay and finish out his career. If he decides to come back, what does that mean for Jordan Love? Cross that bridge when we get there. I mean, there's talk that Jordan Love might end up being traded. Not sure if that's what you want to do. You drafted Jordan Love to be the heir apparent. There is nothing wrong with that. We've had this discussion before on this podcast. You only have to look at the Pittsburgh Steelers and watch an aging Ben Roethlisberger muddle through the season, looking every bit his age, but without a succession plan in place, a decent defense, an okay offense, but with nobody to run it at the quarterback position and no heir apparent to take over for Big Ben, a Pittsburgh Steeler team that's kind of floundering. And quite honestly... If they didn't have the leadership that they do with their head coach, I think that team would have been a whole lot worse than what they ended up with. The one thing Pittsburgh has going for it is Mike Tomlin, an unbelievable head coach, an unbelievable leader. And one of the reasons why that team has been at least relevant on the latter half of Big Ben's career. Aaron Rodgers does not look anything like Big Ben. Aaron Rodgers looks like he's got a couple of years left in him. Aaron Rodgers will never admit it, but the people around him have to look at the stat sheet and say, you know, once the Packers drafted Jordan Love, whatever that did to your psyche, it woke you up, and you've played better in the last couple of years knowing that the heir apparent is standing over there on the sideline. Aaron Rodgers, it's... It's not the way an athlete of his caliber would think. But Aaron Rodgers needs to look at Green Bay and almost say thank you. You drafting Jordan Love was maybe the kick in the backside I needed to kind of resurrect 
a Hall of Fame career already that was kind of not headed in the right direction from a statistical standpoint. The drafting of Love, as I said, whether correct or not, statistically you see a different Aaron Rodgers over the last two years than what you saw the year or two prior. So if we see Devontae Adams with the franchise tag or we hear about Devontae Adams signing a brand-new contract, I have to believe that's a step in seeing Aaron Rodgers come back. If suddenly we get through today and there is no franchise tag placed on Devontae Adams, if you're an Aaron Rodgers fan with him being in Green Bay, then I'd be gravely concerned. Because if they don't slap the franchise tag on him, that means word has drifted in that Aaron Rodgers is looking to go someplace else or he wants to retire. So I I think there's more to the franchise tag today than what normally would be from a dollar and cent standpoint. So keep an eye on that as the day progresses. All right, let's talk uh, some Major League Baseball. Almost, it's almost depressing in the way grown-ups with millions, if not billions of dollars, hold us hostage every time a contract comes up. But we're at it again. We'll get to it in just a second. finally start making our way out of winter, especially here. What do we start thinking about? We start thinking about spring, summer, baseball, brewers, American family field. But unfortunately, we've got millionaires and billionaires playing with their monopoly money and trying to come to an agreement on a new labor agreement. So on Monday, the league increased its commitment in a pre-arbitration pool to $20 million. That's a $5 million increase over their last offer. They've also agreed to add another team to the lottery in its new kind of NBA-style draft proposal that they've come up with. And the moves, incremental, have been a bit consistent with what we've seen uh, at the table, at least to this point. Also, on Monday... Major League Baseball, they withdrew its request of the union to control and potentially reduce the number of minor league playing jobs. The league could try to do it unilaterally going forward, but it won't do so in 2022 at the moment and does not have plans to pursue it in 23. Along with the withdrawal of the minor league playing jobs proposal, Major League Baseball pulled its offer limiting the number of times a player can be optioned to five. The constant shuttling between the big leagues and AAA is a quality of life issue for a lot of the players, and they have proposed a maximum of four. So we're starting to see movement in some areas. The problem always with baseball is, 
were, ne- were never seemingly able to sit down at the table until the time really starts pushing in to a scenario in which suddenly opening day could be delayed or this could be delayed or this won't happen or that won't happen. I get it. It's a bargaining technique and it's been a bargaining technique forever. But the amount of money Major League Baseball has lost over the years, you would think that these sides would be able to figure something out in what really for them would be a non-traditional way. And yet the fact that on Monday they spent five hours working on this is a small feat in and of itself. We've seen meetings where both sides have come to the table and the meetings have lasted roughly 15 minutes. Here's my proposal. Here's your proposal. Collect, collect, staple. Okay, good seeing you. Out the door you go. The fact that it was five hours of work, whether it was head-to-head or meeting separately in their own, we'll call them caucuses, at least now we're seeing some work being done. Unfortunately, if they don't figure out how to get this done quick, we will see a delay in the start of Major League Baseball. And the owners aren't really too worried, I don't think. Neither, quite honestly, I don't know if the players are either. After coming off of the pandemic and seeing how schedules could be reworked, I don't think either side seems as concerned as they would be pre-pandemic. I think the pandemic has changed views with regards to some of these things. And the one thing that constantly gets lost in all of this, look at what minor league baseball players make when we're talking single and double A. Not necessarily triple A. It's a little bit better, but single and double A. Guys in the L.A. area who are living out of their cars or six, seven guys like in a college-type setting sharing a living space in order to make ends meet. And we keep delaying. You've already got guys who are living on the edge, and I don't mean that in a good way, who are having to wait for these million and billionaires to figure out how to get this done so they can have a shot at trying to make that type of money. Those are the people I feel bad for right now, the minor leaguers. But hopefully, with the fact that on Monday we had a five-hour meeting, hopefully today, Wednesday, hopefully we'll start to iron something out And maybe the next time we get together for one of these podcasts, we're going to be talking about a new labor agreement when it comes to Major League Baseball. Let's get to the NBA, as I said in the intro. It's the proverbial second half of the season now that the All-Star game is over. And let's see how the Bucs fare as we get ready to move towards playoffs. Talk about it. Just a second. So Sunday was the NBA All-Star Game. It was Team Durant against Team LeBron. Team LeBron wins 163-160. to There was something on Sunday that happened that I didn't suspect would happen for me personally watching the NBA All-Star Game. I'm starting to fall out of favor 
with all-star games. In the NFL, I, you can just do away with it. Just do away with it. It's, it's such a hoax. Celebrate those guys who have earned all-pro status, who have made it, who have become all-stars. Have some sort of ceremony. Do some sort of competition, skills competition. Those seem to be coming ever more popular. But do away with the game. I can't speak to hockey because I don't watch the All-Star game in hockey, and I don't want to speak to something I don't watch. I do periodically will catch the NHL skills challenge. Highly enjoyable. But I can't say I sit down and watch the NHL All-Star game. The NBA All-Star game on Sunday was fun, and I did not anticipate it being that way. I really didn't. The last couple of NBA All-Star games to me have been oh-hum. Throw the ball down the floor, shoot the ball, come back, shoot the ball, come back, shoot the ball. It, it's, it's, it's not even a glorified pickup game anymore, but Sunday was different. And maybe it was because having all of, we'll call them the old schoolers in the building, you know, between Magic and Jordan and Dr. J, and you can go down the list, and Jerry West and all of the guys who are historically such an important part of the NBA, to have them on hand, I think just made it that much more special to watch. Now, I will say this. I get, you know, you've got the team Durant, team LeBron, and nothing against those guys whatsoever. I miss the old East-West. I miss the old East-West. You play in the East, you represent the East. You play in the West, you represent the West. And I know some years one conference has an abundance of talent and the other one maybe not to the same level. So I get why they went to this format. And then you take two of your leading stars in Kevin Durant and LeBron James and you have them draft. Uh, Absolutely, completely get it. But I miss the old school approach of the East versus West. With all of that said, the dunk contest can go. After after seeing the dunk contest this weekend, the dunk contest can go. The dunk contest has not necessarily been as hyped and as good as it was back in the day. There are other skills competitions that have taken that over, but the dunk contest over the weekend was almost painful to watch. I think if the NBA is going to do anything, it needs to reevaluate whether or not they want to keep that, that, that part of NBA weekend going. Or if they want to make it a once every five years, once every two years, whatever it is, but maybe not make it an annual part of the NBA. So with that said now, we've got the Bucks with 20-plus games left to get themselves situated with regards to trying to defend their NBA championship. Giannis has been Giannis. Let's make no mistake about it. When that man wants to take over a game, that man can take over a game. He has been nothing shy of absolutely remarkable. What we miss right now is Brooke Lopez. And I don't know what 
the Bucks are going to do in order to figure out a way to find someone in the middle other than crossing their fingers in hoping that Brooke Lopez will come off of that back surgery, start getting some minutes here down the stretch, get his legs underneath him so that they can make that playoff run. We also learned yesterday that Goran Dragic is going to sign with the Brooklyn Nets. That's a huge boost for Brooklyn, and it's a real kick in the shorts for the Milwaukee Bucks, who going into the All-Star break were considered to be the front runners for his services. He's in the buyout market. We knew that's where Milwaukee would have to go. And the fact that you've got George Hill, who's got that neck injury, you got rid of Dante DiVincenzo, Connaughton's with the broken hand, they thought they had a good shot at Gorin, and honestly, they need a little backcourt help. So now we're relying quite extensively on whether or not these guys will be healthy when they make that stretch run. And let's face it, last year, health was one of the reasons why the Bucks were able to prevail. So here we go. It's crunch time now. With 20-some-odd games left, the way the East is, as far as seeding goes, don't necessarily need home court advantage. But you definitely don't want to be on the bottom half of the playoff seeding. It's it's just time to get going. That's the that's the best way to say it. It is just time now for the Bucks to find another gear and make this run. All right, so let's get ready to close things out. I want to close things out by playing Tom Izzo, the head coach at Michigan State, and we spent the better part of the intro to our podcast today talking about the melee that took place in Madison over the weekend. And, of course, as soon as that took place, the Twitter world became a buzz with people saying, you know, we need to just eliminate the handshake line after a game. And it's created quite a bit of response on both sides from some very prominent people. One of the people that I really enjoy listening to because he can be as blunt as anyone in speaking what he believes in as his truths is Tom Izzo. So here's Tom Izzo, his thoughts on people who think they should eliminate the handshake line as we get ready to close out the podcast. Talk shows, there are suggestions, silly as they may be, that we should do away with the handshake line now. Oh, my God. Have you heard that? Oh, my God, I have. And I do got to comment on that since that's not insulting to anybody. That, to me, would be the biggest farce joke, ridiculous nature of anything I've ever heard of. We've already taught these poor 18-year-olds that when, when, you know, you're told to go to class and you don't like it, you can leave. We've already told these kids if you're not happy, you can do something else. We've already told these kids that it's hard to hold them accountable 
happy. And now we're going to tell them to not man up and walk down a line on someone who's kicked your butt and have enough class to shake their hand is utterly ridiculous. So if the president said it, I think he's full of it. If the best coach in America said it, I think that gets me way more than this incident. Not shaking hands. Um, that's typical of our country right now. You know, instead of solving the problem, let's make an excuse and let's see if we can uh, just, instead of confronting and demanding that it changes, let's eliminate it so that we don't have those problems. Let's 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 try to do that. That's that's perfect us right now. That's not perfect me. That's not happening here. So if some team doesn't want to shake hands, you're going to see 15 of my guys walk down and shake air. We're going to shake air, and I'm going to shake air, and then we're going to leave. As a Badger fan, Michigan State can drive you absolutely bananas, but you got to respect Tom Izzo, who just tells it like it is, whether you agree or disagree, but you're going to get from his heart what his opinion is. All right, that'll wrap it up then for this Tuesday here on the 414 Sports Podcast. As I said, thank you so much for logging in, whether you've done so on Google, Apple, Spotify, or any of the other five excuse me, platforms. Thank you so much for doing so. Hit that like button, the subscribe button, and everything else in between. Glad to have you with us on board. I'm Don Wachillis. Enjoy the rest of your day.